Chad Hartman here, WCC Radio. DJ Tice and John Rash from the Star Tribune. We just were talking off air. There's just an endless amount of uh, political topics. DJ, I will start with you first. We will now have two votes in the Senate. One, Mitch McConnell is presenting, even with a couple new additions from what the president offered up in his address to the nation on Saturday, where it was in the wall and then some temporary protection for Dreamers and TPS. But again, the main part was the $5.7 billion for the wall, whereas Chuck Schumer is saying, let's open the government up. Let's open the government up until February 8th. Let's negotiate on a legitimate deal while people are back working and see if we can get something done. Most of us think neither bill will get the 60 votes necessary. So let me ask it this way. Is this a starting point to solid negotiations? Or if, as expected, these votes both fail, do we go back to uh, zero again? Well, the truth, of course, is that I don't know. Yeah, right. (laughs) However, uh, I think one, uh, being optimistic, one can begin to see hairline cracks uh, in the ice, not just the fact that we're going to each side is going to get a vote, which will probably fail and just be a matter of, you know, kind of putting their position out there in the Senate. Uh, but today there are reports that a group of uh, House Democrats saw that have come up with, or are coming up with something. It also doesn't include anything for a wall, but has some of this vague language about enhancements Mm -hmm. uh, to border security. And I couldn't help but notice in the president's remarks on Saturday, he talked about a strategic deployment of physical barriers or a wall. Mm -hmm. And then he went on to say it's not the 2,000-mile wall. And I've been watching these things long enough that when I start to see this kind of phony baloney language, enhancements and and deployment of physical barriers and that kind of stuff. This is the way politicians talk when they're trying to find a, a place they can deal. Yep. Uh, they blow a lot of smoke. They give one another a little bit of cover. I don't know that we're headed there, but we might be. I, I reminded of uh, way back in 2005, we had a shutdown here in Minnesota involving mm-hmm. Tim Pawlenty in a DFL legislature, and that was when he finally, Pawlenty, agreed to a tax increase that they called a fee, mm-hmm. and that allowed <laughs> that him funny. that allowed him to get away with it and say he kept his no tax increase pledge, yeah. and he of course got a lot of ridicule mm-hmm. for the the euphemistic fakery of the whole thing. He wasn't re- running for re-election, no. But I remember his saying something that was kind of savvy. He said, "Some people call it a tax, some people call it a fee. I call it a solution." Mm-hmm. And that's the way the game is played. So if we got some <clears throat> enhancements and some deployments and you know whatnot, uh, maybe they're maybe they're getting ready to move somewhere. All right, what do you think, John? I concur with my colleague that they're getting ready to move somewhere, and particularly with these twin votes tomorrow, that it allows everyone to put down their markers in the United States Senate. House has already done that, and in effect, say this is where I stand on this key issue. And then they might move, however incrementally, towards negotiations. But that incrementalism might be replaced with immediacy if indeed there is something that happens. And very specifically, you could have 
a job action, a strike, a significant slowdown at the nation's airports. As an example, we have the Super Bowl coming up, which could be a flashpoint. You already we have our airport here, absolutely, which is reportedly running amongst the slowest in the nation at this point. You could have FBI agents who yep. are even more vociferous than they were yesterday, saying that this federal government shutdown is impeding investigations. There is a whole litany of essential functions that people who aren't even on the essential employee list carry out every day, and that could be something that could bring a sense of alacrity to this and snap it out of its gridlock immediately. But we have to see what happens. And, of course, within all that, you have the impending drama of the State of the Union address, which might be a political flashpoint where the president is still claiming that he is indeed going to deliver it um, on its previously scheduled date. But that, of course, officially requires a joint resolution from the House and the Senate and certainly the House is in no mood or no mode to do that. I want to get back to that in a second, but, but I want to pick up on uh, John's point, DJ, because it's, I think it's really good because <clears throat> I'll just build on it with a CBS poll, which came out today, where one in five said they have been directly affected by the shutdown already. And we see these stories where people are saying they don't have medicine right now for themselves, their husband, their wife, their kids or other stories where they don't know how they're going to pay for food or they don't know how to pay for the apartment or the mortgage. The more those stories start affecting more and more people, it just applies so much pressure on either side to pick up on what you just said in your first answer, find a way for a solution. I think the the pressure is mounting. It's got to. I mean, it's certainly the hardship for the workers directly uh, affected is has been substantial and and gets more substantial by the day. It is as as John suggests, as it as the effects as the hardships spread wider and wider to the general public. You know, is when the heat on the on the politicians will will start to become unbearable, and they'll start to move. So, so those developments are very important. Although, you know, I I think as I say, I, I think we already see some uh, sign that they're looking for a way. Of course, they're all they're both sides are looking for a way that they can still come out triumphant, and they're going to have to get it through their heads that if it's going to be a compromise, unless it's going to be unconditional surrender on one side or the other. Uh, both sides are going to have to be allowed a way of claiming yep. a certain kind of victory. Uh, John, uh, yesterday, Representative Colin Peterson, who I think still is one of the old school blue dog Democrats, right? He is someone who registers as a Democrat, runs as a Democrat, but many, many times he'll vote uh, his principles and he, he ends up on the right side. And he said, enough, give the president the money. Uh, talk about, first of all, Representative Peterson, your reaction to him. And are we going to see more of that, where whether it's Democrats like Peterson moving that way or more Republicans saying, hey, that Schumer idea of putting people back to work, even the Lindsey Graham one, where Lindsey Graham has for a while now been saying, give us three weeks. Are we going to see more of people not just staying solely down party lines? And is Peterson an example of that? He is an example, but I think that the total number of representatives and senators who would make that kind of move are few and far between because of the last generation's politics, meaning we used to have significantly more Democrats who represented rural districts and Republicans who represented urban or suburban districts. 
there are fewer of each in each party as we've become a deeply divided nation. And one need only look at the state of Minnesota here in terms of, you know, for decades we had Democrats represent in Congress the 7th and the 8th District, and we now have the 8th District, which represented by uh, Pete Stauber at this point, and Colin Peterson, as you mentioned, certainly a longtime Democrat, but often votes along with Republicans. And the 1st District flipped back to Republican hands, and that's been happening around the country and so you don't have as many blue dogs as uh, you have many more true blue mm-hmm. urban and suburban Republicans at, or Democrats at this point who are less likely to make that kind of a move. But when you do have a few who move in that direction, it's indicative of the broader drift that DJ so well described of we're starting to see some kind of movement because this is untenable for the country most profoundly, but also for both political parties. DJ, let's talk about the State of the Union. The president uh, reiterated in a formal letter to Nancy Pelosi today, I'm coming over. Thanks gr- thanks greatly for your invitation weeks ago. Uh, d- you know, mention, hey, you had, you had mentioned uh, security. We have that under control. Uh, I'm planning on doing this. This would be next Tuesday. If there is no security concern, should the president... Give that speech. Should Nancy Pelosi say, you know what, I wish he didn't have it, but this is what we've done for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades? No, it hasn't happened during the government shutdown, but this is a part of the process. Guess what? Some Democrat or some Democrats will be given a chance to offer their proposal after the president's done. Should she stay consistent and will she stay consistent? Well, they don't have time to build a wall across Pennsylvania Avenue <laughs> to prevent the president from crossing over. How about steel slats? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some kind of a physical barrier yeah. could be deployed, but probably not. Uh, I guess I think the answer is yes, this is a longstanding, as you say, it's a, the speeches themselves are about a century plus old, I believe the the formal speech uh, began with Woodrow Wilson after a long century or so of, of doing it by letter. Yeah, so it's a long, long-standing uh, tradition. It is, in a, in a sense, it, it is the most important annual ceremonial ritual yeah, of, our, absolutely. of our republic. It doesn't really have any functional importance. It is ceremonial. It is a matter of all the branches of government coming together in one place, kind of paying respect to our system and, and our republic. And I think that remains important, however deep, uh, you know, the acrimony of, of the moment. Uh, I even think for all concerned, they're, they're probably the politically safe thing is to treat one another with that modicum of respect See, and treat the country with that modicum. I think that should happen. Okay. okay. But do we think it will? Because right now I'm inclined to think Pelosi is going to say, nope. I and th- then and then I expect the president to go somewhere have a rally and 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 give an hour in front of his voters and say this is oh, this is when I talk to people this is the real people reflect America. Well, I believe in voting the story and I like your story. <laughs> <laughs> and that story might become quite compelling and almost like a reality show which he's quite familiar with and he's has the flair for the dramatic moment and if he does choose a venue the proverbial or literal locked doors of the Capitol would be a place for him to give his address and you know, you know, he certainly could assemble all the Republican members of Congress at minimum who would be there, and it would be a highly symbolic. I think it's moment. too. I think it's too risky 
if I if I was advising Pelosi, just how is that going to play? You know, if Trump goes somewhere to have this big rally, it is going to be the most watched television program yeah. of the last five years. Well, it's <laughs> what it is 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 just playing to her basic. If she right? just goes through the boring old uh, State of the Union <clears throat> thing, I mean, with this elevated situation, it's going to be well tuned in, but it's, it's going to be duller. It's not going to be the same kind of news, whereas turning him loose in that way yeah. is a risky proposition. Well, and John, just one thing before you jump in. It doesn't appear when the president has spoken the few times he has now that it really has changed votes because another part of the CBS poll today, is it worth shutting down the government for the wall? Total votes, 71-28 against it. But to me, here's the bigger stat. 43% of Republicans are saying it's not worth shutting down the government. That's an enormous number. And indeed, this is after he's twice taken from the White House Oval Office address at one point to try to address the nation on this, and he's not been able to move the dial. And if anything, the dial has moved against him and, and the Republicans' favor at this point. But as much risk as D.J. so rightfully points out in terms of President Trump going and you know addressing supporters or maybe even members of his Republican caucus as well, there is a risk for Speaker Pelosi and for Senator Schumer if they do have the State of the Union address and that he will use it clearly as the bully pulpit about the issue and all of the optics in terms of the Democrats who will be sitting there and either sitting stone-faced or, you know, heaven forbid, uh, risk a moment that they've had before in, in terms of someone saying something yeah. or something <clears throat> that, that is untoward, yeah. exactly, or booing, and that could play potentially into the president.